Welcome to Second Half Now, a listening experience for the 50-plus generation. Second halfers, boomers, and seniors. The mission of this show is to help people learn how to live a life that matters. This is what adds purpose and fulfillment to our days and helps us make sense of this crazy thing called life. Your host is Dr. Dan Critchett, and the show is all about guests and topics that deal with the challenges and opportunities of real people in today's world. If you want to live a life that matters, Dr. Dan is in the studio now, ready to begin today's discussion. Now, let's join your host, Dr. Dan Critchett. You know, by the time we get into the second half of life, we have all experienced loss of various kinds. And listener, if you have not experienced loss yet, even significant loss, just wait. It's on the way. I don't mean to be a prophet of doom, but that's just the reality of life. Loss of a loved one, loss of a marriage, loss of a job, a friend, a prized possession, a relationship, a business, a beloved pet. You get the idea. All kinds of loss. And how we respond to each loss will have a powerful shaping influence on us an influence that may well determine how we live the rest of life, an influence that may determine how happy we will be, may determine our attitude toward God and our world, and so much more. I'm grateful that there are people and professionals devoted to helping those who go through loss and to help them deal with those losses in life. And I recently got acquainted with just such a person, someone who has been doing it for a very long time. Come to find out, we have lots in common in terms of our experiences and our ministries. Our guest today uh, came highly recommended by a friend whose wife died recently, and he took a class from this person, and he called me and told me that I should have her on my show. So I invited her to come, and she's in studio with me right now. And so the title for today's episode is Growing Through Loss and Grief. You are listening to Second Half Now, a radio show, podcast, and live events uniquely designed for the 50-plus generation. This is where we discuss the things that are important to us in the second half of life. And we welcome you to this discussion. I want you to pull up a chair and join us at the table. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, and our mission for our entire show is helping today's 50-plus American live a life that matters. So I'm real pleased to announce that in studio today is Joanne Petrie. And Joanne is a hospice chaplain. I've got a little list here. Uh, she has officiated at hundreds, and I look at her when I said that. She says, yes, hundreds. Hundreds of funerals and memorial services. She teaches classes on the subject of loss and grief and has written a book called How to Say Goodbye. And uh, she has done a radio show, One to Another Joanne, is it the radio show that you've been doing for 32 years? Oh, my gosh. That is a long time. And that uh, show is heard right here on the station that we're broadcasting from, KPDQ. So, again, the uh, title for today's episode is Growing Through Loss and Grief. So, Joanne, I want to thank you so much for coming in today. This is a familiar place because we're in the very studio that you do your show in. So, thank you for coming and welcome to Second Half Now. I'm glad to be here. Oh, man, you're a perky person, and I, uh, when I got this recommendation from our mutual friend, I thought, well, I've heard her on the radio a few times, and so maybe it's time to kind of get acquainted and see where we go with this. So just a little bit of a comparative um, 
uh, context because I'm a pastor and I have done, I have not done hundreds of funerals, but I've done a bunch and I've walked with people through death and dying and grief and all of that. And I think for the most part, I've been not really as well equipped as I would like to have been. So I'm really appreciating your willingness to come and share some things, even just briefly that we, because we don't have a whole lot of time on these uh, short 30 minute shows. Uh, but then also I was a chaplain for a fire department called to the death scene. And I see what happens when people deal with this sudden unexpected death of a loved one. And uh, that was, uh, it was a very fascinating insight into people's lives. And I've also worked in the funeral business as a family service counselor. So I've been acquainted but I think uh, there's so much for us and for our listeners to hear today and to gain from your perspective and your insight, because you've been doing this a long time. Why don't you tell us, before we get into some of the questions that we talked about, why don't you tell us about your own personal experience with loss? Well, I uh, was married for 25 years mm-hmm. to my high school sweetheart, mm-hmm. and yeah. both of us went off to college and finished and got married, and... When we had been married 25 years, I awakened one morning, and he was having a heart attack and died right next to me in bed. Oh, wow. And that was a huge shock to oh, me. Oh, for sure, yeah. And then I uh, walked through the grieving process for about six years mm-hmm. and then decided to sing to the Baroness in my bed, mm-hmm. and I kept singing to the Baroness, and guess what? I met somebody and married for the second time. Yeah. And then we were married five years, and he really wanted out of the marriage. And so then I had to go through a divorce. Yeah. And divorce. It's another loss. And yes. mar- losing someone through death and divorce, there's two different things. Totally. One is that when you lose someone through death, you know that they love you. Yeah. But when you go through a divorce, they say, I want to Uh, I want a divorce because I've chosen no longer to be in this relationship and I don't love you. And then I was single for some more time and met someone in one of my grief classes. And we got married on the first day of a cruise. And we've been married for 21 years. Wow. It's a lot of years. Do you mind? I mean, I'm just doing a little math in my head here. And I know because we've talked about this, but you are pushing. You're almost 80 years old. I am. I want to tell you folks, I'm looking across the table from a vibrant, very much alive uh, young lady here, and she's smiling, and she's uh, probably, you're at a very productive time in your life. I am. You're in the second half, and I just want people to kind of capture a picture of this, uh, because uh, so many of us, we kind of tend to wind down or think that, well, I'm 60 or I'm 70 or whatever else, and we think, well... I can't do as much as I used to. But now you don't have quite the energy and quite everything that you had, but you are going after it. Well, and I just I want to I, say that for our people. Thank you. Well, I've learned priorities. And yes. I've, I've learned as I've moved through the years that there's times when you're a little bit older that you have to take a break. Yeah. And when you, your body says you're tired, all right, right. stop. Take right. a nap. Just slow down Do for whatever that. you have to do. Yeah. But I don't feel in any way that I stop doing what I love doing. Yes, God bless you. And that's what that's what I think I want to introduce you to. For for people who want to read your book or want to hear your radio show or want to go to a class, this is somebody, folks, who has not only been through grief and loss, but is still very passionate about sharing some things that will help you. Because if you have had a, a loss recently or even some time ago, oh, yes. this whole grief process is so critical. You don't just cover up that wound. Uh, so let me start with this. Uh, Joanne, I'd like to have you tell us about the different types of loss that we can experience in life. 
Well, I think that we can experience places where we're unwanted, mm. uh, when we've been rejected, when we have been uh, hurt, and when we have been uh, heart. There's been heartbreaking. Yeah, I I lost a really good friend this last week. She was my best friend for oh. over forty five years. Oh my! And so I walked I walked through saying goodbye to her and letting go. But see, the older we get, we have more losses. Mm -hmm. And right. they can be in our job or even financial uh, losses. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that we go through that we don't realize that we have grief in it and we have to do something about yeah. it. And a lot of people choose to just suck it up. Yeah. And I don't believe that helps. I think grief is a process of putting back together the pieces of a broken heart. Okay, I like that. Can you say that again, please? Okay, grief is a process of putting back together mm -hmm. the pieces of a broken heart, a hole so deep yeah. in your heart that it aches and hurts, and you think it'll never stop hurting. But I don't believe that. I believe you can put the pieces back together, <clears throat> and I believe you can do it in a way where you find new meaning in your life, or find you can reinvest your life again, not be bitter, but yeah. be a better person. Reinvest your life. I like that. Mm -hmm. So of these different types of losses, and I'm sure there's more, that if we had more time we can get into those, but what do all or some of those have in common in terms of the human experience of loss? What do they have in common? Well, I think they have in common loss. I think they have in common the fact that their life is not ever going to be the same again. That's a key concept right there. Your life isn't, because of the loss. Yes. And uh, particularly if it's unrecoverable, the death of a loved one, they're not coming back. No, the loss of a business back. or the That's loss right. of a, you know, it's not happening. <coughs> so it's not going to be the, it's not going to be the same. The common denominator is loss. And when people come into class, mm -hmm. you know, some will say, well, I've had this kind of loss or this. But yeah. our common denominator is pain. Pain, okay. And we all have pain. How does that? How does a person experience that? How does they experience? Yeah, the I mean, pain? it's not like when you whack your thumb with a hammer. It's it's the feeling of that broken heart. Okay. Yeah. That you just think you're not going to be able to put it back together. Okay. Right. And so the pain is what brings people together. Yes. So they share that in common. They share that And then that there are common. some common principles, I'm sure, that are in your book and elsewhere about how to deal with the impact of this loss. Well, I believe that there's two ways to deal with loss. And the first one is journaling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I meet a lot of people say, oh, I've never picked up, I've never picked up a pen or a pencil to do yeah. any writing. Yeah. And I say, well, it doesn't matter if you can't put sentences together. Mm. It doesn't matter. It just matters that you begin to write out what's in your heart because there's a lot of things that happen that we may not be able to express. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But you pick up a piece of paper or journal, and I give them some questions to begin to yeah. answer. Yeah. And as they do that, they begin to experience some of the feelings that are deep inside of them that need to be expressed. And so that's something I think people need to do privately. And the other part is I think that we need to do part of our grief work in groups. I believe we need each other. Mm. And I think we need each other because yeah. of the common denominator right. of pain. And so we need to be able not to compare our losses, 
but to learn how okay. to do right. some honest work about where we are and how we can develop a team of people together that can work through and mm. listen and begin to support each other. I like that. So you're saying there's some work in grief that needs to be done on your own. Mm -hmm. It's private. It's mm -hmm. journaling. Journaling. And some in groups. So when you go to a group, you're kind of saying, without verbalizing, you're saying, I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. I'm here to get some help. I In my classes, I have what I call face your feelings. Uh -huh. And so every week, after the first week, yeah. we face our feelings. Yeah. And feelings aren't right or wrong. Right. They're just there. Right. And so if you can circle which ones you're feeling and talk about it to one other person, yes. not to the whole group, right. but to one other person, then you can begin to relate and find out that, oh, you feel that way too? Well, let me talk about mine. Yeah. And it's a way for people to begin to feel like they can be a family. Do you think there's some uh, dynamic benefit in somebody going to a group like that and realizing, even though they might have you know, mentally thought of it, but now they're with some other people and they say, I'm not alone? Well, sure. Is I that think, yes. significant? Okay. I think that's part of it is they're okay. not alone and also right. that they're getting <clears throat> some good uh, skills on how to work through their grieving process. Yeah. Because, see, I believe grief is work. And so a lot of us don't yes. want to do the work. Yes. Well, I've heard that phrase. Yeah. Do, do your grief work. Yeah. I've done that in the funeral home. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. And as a pastor, grief work. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So now you have mentioned uh, in other places that um, uh, kinds of loss take us into a place of loneliness. And there are three areas that you have talked about. And I want you to talk about those and give us a little bit of an idea of those three types of loneliness right after the break. So don't go away, folks. We will be right back. Do you have aging loved ones who need some help at home? How do you know when it's time to get some assistance? And what are the signs they may not be able to live at home safely? Golden Placement Services specializes in these questions and transitions. They provide professional placement services when it comes time to find a safe, comfortable place for your loved one to live. These are people you can trust, and their services are provided at no charge to your family. Call Diane Delaney at 503-926-2111. That's 503-926-2111. Golden Placement Services. Caring professionals you can trust. Looking for a new home that is affordable, well-built, and only 18 minutes from downtown Portland, then you've got to see the Brunswick Commons condominiums. These great new townhomes are located in the Gateway area and will be completed by November 1st, 2018. Selling for $299.9 with income guidelines for purchase, each home has three bedrooms and two and a half bathrooms. These sturdy and attractive homes are built by Vic Construction Company, an Oregon builder with over 20 years' experience. And at this price, they won't stay on the market for long. For more information, please call Morgan Davis Homes at 503-748-8200. That's 503-748-8200. If you are even thinking about buying or selling a house, you really need to talk to the best in the business. You probably have lots of important questions. After all, it's not just a house, it's your home. Dave Long at 24-7 Properties is the realtor who can answer your questions and provide lots of options. There's no cost or obligation to get his accurate, reliable information that will help you make the decisions that are best for you. Call Dave Long at 503-607-4216. 
503-607-4216. That's 503-607-4216. 24-7 Properties. It's not just your house, it's your home. And we're back. We are in studio today with Joanne Petrie with One to Another. We're going to get back into our subject in just a moment. I want to take just a second here and remind you that uh, the people that you just heard about, those uh, sponsors, I love these people and they are so uh, important to our to our program because uh, we're heard around the clock and around the world and we don't ask for money. We don't sell anything on the show. So these sponsors are the ones that make it all possible. So I want to thank them that you just heard. also want to mention we have uh, some other sponsors by the name of Jackie B. Peterson. She does Better, Smarter, Richer, Do What You Love, and Earn an Income Doing It. And we have Carmen Farmer. She's an enjoyment coach for retirees who want more fun and fulfillment in life. And also a thank you to Jay Tompkins, Products and Strategies for Anti-Aging and Wellness. And then finally, my friend and my insurance guy personally, Bob Lum, Integrity and Service for All Your Insurance Needs. So we're going to get right back into our subject matter here. And Joanne, again, I'm just so thankful that you're able to spend this time with us because we all have loss in our lives of various kinds. And we want to jump right back in. And I want to, I want to bring this, uh, before we went to the break, we talked about three types of loneliness. And I, would you say that loneliness is one of the key impacts or the key consequences of loss? Is that a, a really yes. a key in, thing? Okay. In every class I teach, in every home I go into, in every place I meet grieving people, they always say to me, I'm so lonely. Yeah, okay. I, I need to connect. Yeah. What, what should I do? I'm so lonely. Yeah, and so what are those three types of loneliness? Well, the first one is situational loneliness, okay. and that's after a death, a divorce, a transition, something that causes us to have someone in our life no longer there, and they're changed forever and disrupted in our lives. Yeah. So that's that's what happens to us, mm-hmm. is that, like my friend that died last week. She's not ever going to be in my life again. Yeah, there's a big hole in your life where she had been. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I and miss that's... her phone calls. Yeah, man. And yeah. then there's this emotional loneliness. And First one is situational. Situational. Second one Second is, one is emotional. Okay. Emotional. And that's where lonely people are often in crowds, and they're always looking for someone mm. that they can connect with, but they can't find anybody. Oh, wow. Usually they go to the crowd by themselves <clears throat> right. and feel very isolated, mm. and they can't find anybody to connect with. And it often leads to more loneliness mm-hmm. and superficial connections. You know, hi, how are you? Okay, Nothing, yeah. nothing deep. Just surface, surface level surface stuff. stuff. Yeah. Chat. Yep. Busy talk. Yeah. yeah and, that's, and then the third one is chronic. And that's a tough one because mm-hmm. that leads to deep personal isolation, despair. Sometimes it, it leads to suicide. Anger. I mm-hmm. have seen people in this particular place be very angry. Mm, yeah. And I see violence. Okay. And it's scary sometimes. <clears throat> violence toward others or others. toward themselves? Or both. Both? Okay, both. yeah. Sometimes they, yeah. you know, they say to me, I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. And I'll go, well, do mm-hmm. you have a plan? Well, no, I don't have a plan. I just don't feel like I want to live anymore. Sure. Why should I live? Yeah. My loved one is gone. Yeah. What's the purpose? So what I'm appreciating about what you're saying here, Joanne, is that 
loss is common, yes. and we have these consequences or these outcomes or these things that, you know, they barrage us, I mean, and they hurt us. And so the pain and the loneliness and all that. And here you are at almost 80 years old, and you're making a contribution to people's lives. I want them to, to wake up, stand up, and say, okay, I'm going to get some help or I'm going to offer some help. I want to do something because you don't have to stay stuck in this place of being lost and alone and experiencing all of those dark clouds and everything. So You have to make a decision. You have to decide yeah. that you really want to get help. <clears throat> That's important. I pre say that again. Well, you have to decide that you need help. It's a decision. Right. It is okay. a decision. And I think that a lot of times we think I'm too old to change. Right. Or I'm too lazy to change. Mm -hmm. And so then I just stay yeah. in my four walls. Yeah. And that doesn't help you get well. And you talked about the difference between being alone and being lonely. Well, I believe there is a difference. Yeah, let's hear and about I that. I believe alone is a calm it's being somewhere with nothing other than your own thoughts, able to hear things that you often intentionally block out without meaningful conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like being in a place where you just enjoy the sounds of silence. Okay, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right, There's. Right. It's wonderful. No distractions, you, yeah. no interruptions, right. no, okay. And you can really savor that and benefit from that aloneness. See, one of the things I've learned about being alone is one is a whole number. Uh-huh. And I've learned that. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I think it's something <clears throat> you have to give yourself as a gift mm -hmm. of being alone. Okay. And... Lo being lonely is talking to yourself to the point where you're sick and tired of hearing yourself <laughs> talk. Yeah. You're, you're hear tired right. of hearing that voice inside of you, and it's like nails on a chalkboard, the sounds of your own echo chamber. Mm. And you just can't handle your own thoughts anymore, and you, you, just, you just are very lonely. Yeah. And that's sad. Would you say uh, loneliness actually is a feeling? Alone yes. maybe is more of a situation, yes. more of this kind of your physical surrounding or reality at the time. But that loneliness is a darkness, right? Darkness. I mean, it's a powerful, powerful feeling. Well, I think alone <laughs> is eating dinner for one, taking the time to enjoy dinner. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I learned when I went through losing my husband, I discovered that what I was doing for dinner was I was eating at the sink, and my sink oh. was my best friend. Oh, wow. And so okay. here I am eating my dinner yeah. and, you know, gobbling it down. Yeah. And then putting Just to whatever, get it over with. Yeah, putting yeah. whatever I'm not going to eat into the garbage disposal. Yeah. And I decided this has to stop. That's a great picture. I think we can relate to that. And I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to set a table for one. Mm. I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat by myself. Yeah. And that is when you begin to learn that you can be alone and just enjoy that moment. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who lost his, he lost his uh, wife. And he said what he did <clears throat> when he wa made up his mind that he was going to enjoy being alone, that he changed the table around where she always sat and where he sat, he just moved the table around, 
changed where he sat and began to see a new view in his kitchen. Oh, interesting. And see a new place for him. But that's all right. We can do that if we want to. It goes back to making that decision that you gather some resources and some insights and some things that you can actually do to be proactive about dealing with your loss. I can, I know that loneliness is love to give with no one to give it to. Mm. And it's interesting to learn that we can find and invest our lives into places where we can give what we have yes. to someone else. Right. And that's really key. That's and the key. We just have such a short time left. I, I wish it could go on. But I want to mention for people who want some more resources, want some connection, uh, that you do your radio show. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, now you have a website by the same name. One to uh, another. One to another. And the, the uh, web address is, is dot .com or dot .org. Dot .org. Okay, one to another. One to another dot You org. teach classes. You lead support groups. You have written a book called um, How ah. to Say Goodbye. Right. And uh, you have retreats and uh, this journey of hope. Right. That's which something, is specific. something we do okay. to help people reinvest their life. Right. And that's a key because in the second half, you know, we're kind of winding down, and when we have when we have loss, we don't necessarily need to lose our way, or lose our identity, or lose our purpose in life. So, guys, we have been in the studio with Joanne Petrie, and our time is gone. Uh, will you come back again, Joanne? Well, of course, I'd yes. love to. Yeah, this is a thank familiar for, studio to you. And thank I, you so yes. much for inviting me. Oh man, it's great. And so, if you have questions or want to get in touch with Joanne, if you didn't make note of any of the other. Things just go to secondhalfnow.com. That's our radio show, and um, we'll get you in touch with her. This is secondhalfnow.com. Go to our contact page, go to our network page. A lot of things that you can do to uh, benefit by our mission, which is helping today's 50 plus American live a life that matters. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, saying goodbye for now. And until next time, may God help you live a life that matters. I want you to join us at the table again, and you can find all of our shows on our website, secondhalfnow.com. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to Second Half Now, a listening experience dedicated to helping the 50-plus American live a life that matters for second-halfers, boomers, and seniors. As we wrap up this episode, we invite you to take action. Step up, get engaged, do something to learn more. Find out what you can do right now to take a step toward living a life that matters. Connect with us on our website, secondhalfnow.com. Learn the many ways you can listen to the show, share it with others, and actually take some steps in the right direction. Think about it. The opposite of living a life that matters is living a life that doesn't matter. Now that doesn't sound very appealing, does it? Go to secondhalfnow.com and let's explore what's next for you.